Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today we're going to be talking about something that I get asked probably a dozen times a day. Um, are these two signs good for each other in a relationship? Uh, what do you know about this sign? Oh, I'm talking to somebody with this sign. Is it good for me? And so forth. So I wanted to just talk about why considering astrology in a new relationship could actually be a good thing, but you have to do it carefully in the right way. I'm not going to sit here and say that, hey, a Scorpio and a Pisces are a perfect match and you should only look for that. I'm never going to say that because somebody who is um, into astrology or studies astrology, they know that our birth charts make up so many different aspects of our personality and just going by the sun sign is very wrong. So I'm just going to first saying that if you have uh, the same sun sign, if you're a Virgo and the other person's a Virgo, it actually means that you have mastered all your uh, insecurities and all the things that you find wrong with yourself. And it takes a very, very self-evolved and strong person to actually have a very healthy and committed relationship with somebody with their same sun sign because you have so much of similar uh, characteristics and mindsets and views. And sometimes that can clash so that's why um, a lot of people tend to go in the same family because that's usually easier. So by same family, I mean, if you're an earth sign, you go for another earth sign. If you're a water sign, you go for another water sign. So just by their sun sign, you can learn a lot. And it's typically um, how they are to other people. But when you're in a relationship, you're going to be very different to... Um, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, than you would be to your best friend or like a family member. So that is typically governed by the moon sign and that's how you are in love. So uh, when you have similar moon signs, that means that you guys love the same way. So that's something that you'd wanna look for in a long-term partner. If you have similar sun sign, uh, moon signs, it's great. Similar sun signs, it's, it's good. It's not the best, but um, when you look at the moon sign, you understand the inner needs of that person. So if you become somebody who enjoys like looking at astrology in a new relationship, you tend to become a great uh, people reader. So, I mean, it's fun at parties when someone's talking and you're like, oh, are you a Libra? And they say, wow, how'd you know? I mean... It's fun in those scenarios, but who doesn't want to read people better, especially in business and in dating? But you also have to be careful on not assuming or not acting to like read their minds. That's not the best way to go about it. So uh, when you understand astrology, you can actually heighten your intuition and your relationships could change for the better. And you might improve in other areas of your life, especially business, when you're able to read somebody that you'd like to go into business with. Like I've had situations where I had these opportunities to collaborate with certain people and I had a bad feeling when I had the first meeting and it was a great deal. I mean, no one would have passed that up. There wasn't anything like that available, but I decided to pass it up because I wasn't uh, connecting to the person and I felt that she what she didn't have the best intentions so that's when that came up for me 
so when it comes to being in a relationship and looking at astrology this is obvious our partners are gonna piss us off in life right um, if we have an extensive knowledge on astrology and by extensive I mean we can tell who's an earth who's a water who's a fire sign and know like the basic characteristics of each sign and know like the basics uh, characteristics of like moon and Venus I'm not saying no where all their planets are I, that's no one knows that unless you're a true astrologer but you're more a, you're able to justify somebody's um, behavior in a relationship if you know their sign very well like I'll give an example I knew someone who was dating somebody new and she told me that he was very wishy-washy and that she didn't know where she stood with him but he was very consistent he made plans he took her out it wasn't like oh is there somebody else better on this side that he's keeping me on it's just he wasn't as expressive and when i told her um when i told her more about this guy's sign that she was seeing i mentioned that they're not quick to commit they're a little bit more guarded um they don't really share their feelings as much she realized that she was used to a water sign who was very emotional um very open with his feelings first to say i love you first to say all the things that every girl wants to hear and she wasn't used to that so i told her i'm like you kind of have to adapt to this guy and how he expresses his love and how he cares about you so once she heard that she said i was better able to manage like what i was feeling and the insecurities and over time he opened up and I felt better. So you have to, you know, keep that in mind, right? So an Aquarius man, for example, he's not gonna give you that much attention because he's an air sign. But like the sensitive Pisces, who's like he has his mind somewhere else and he's like always dreaming, he is able to like want to listen to and he's more compassionate. It's just different. So you have to just apply yourself to who you are with. And it gives you peace of mind so it's easier to date so i'm going to talk about now rising signs rising signs can predict tension and attraction our rising signs were on the eastern horizon around the time we were born okay if people were first to guess your sign on the first impression they're probably going to guess your rising sign okay it's your mask it's not your true self it shows how you express yourself in a new situation Compatible rising signs encourage attraction between a couple. So experts say you need a little bit of tension and trouble in a relationship. So that creates the sexual attraction. So when you have a compatible rising sign with your partner, there's always that like push and pull and that like heat that you want, but it's not like explosive to the point where you're fighting. It's you want that like perfect little that level. So when you learn more about astrology if you go really really deep you're gonna learn more about different planets and their jobs okay so we know that mercury rules the communication sector so it could predict potential communication issues with the relationship so gemini's and virgos are both ruled by mercury they get along through a uh, more intellectual connection because they both love to talk 
um, romantically, not so much. It could be a little bit um, wishy-washy on the Gemini side because Virgos like to devote themselves to one person and they take time to open up, but when they do, they're really dedicated. So the way they can connect is just through talking and changing ideas. So Uranus can help us see if there could be surprises in the relationship. So clearly no one wants to be bored, right? So it's a good place to look at it. Pluto stands for power or if there's going to be any power struggles between the couple. So if, for example, you have a couple that they're both fire signs, they're going to be connected by their passion and similarities. Jupiter rules optimism and joy with two people. And then Saturn shows stability and responsibility. These are all key things you want in a solid long-term relationship, so it wouldn't hurt, okay? So I'm just going to give a little brief view about Saturn. A lot of people, I'm sure you can think of like, most of the people around you who have gotten married or like settled down they were between the ages of like 28 to 29 28 to 30 let's say so that's typically the the time around their saturn return where they have gone through all the relationships that weren't serving them all of the life experiences that kind of morph them into who they're supposed to be so a lot of people tend to settle down after that it's interesting, like I discovered it only about a year ago and I found that everybody around me getting married was around that age. Um, this encourages you to get into more um, healing modalities and different astrolo astrology modalities, like going into Kabbalah could be really great because they have uh, great stuff on astrology. So um, I hope you consider astrology in a future relationship just to be cautious about it um take it seriously but don't take it seriously like be open don't date somebody just because the sign is good for you date every sign um be open to everybody and don't judge and have fun <laughs> so i hope you enjoyed that part about astrology and trusting it in relationships but I kind of wanted to connect this to how we need to trust ourselves first when it comes to getting into a potential relationship. So I see that a lot of people like to consult psychics or healers or different advisors, you know, from their religion uh, to see if somebody is good for them. But I just wanted to give like a little bit background on why maybe that's not the best way to go and how we need to trust ourselves first. So when we judge, we are always in a psychic space, which is circular. So that quote by Rene Girard is really great to start off because um, we need to go into these relationships without judgment because people really can surprise us. So I'm going to talk more about how mysticism and spirituality, more specifically in the Jewish community, are like big, talk to big topics. And... Um, you know, according to the halacha, people are forbidden to consult anyone in the occult regarding their destiny or soulmate. Yet so many people consult rabbis or rebetsons on, you know, who they see for them in the future. And it's just, why are these healers, rabbis, intuitive leaders being highly sought out for their gift, right? It's just something that I've always wondered about. And I just thought it would be interesting to talk about because at the end of the day, as much as they can tell you something that can give you hope, 
um, frequency can always change and we can always change what the outcome will be, right? So um, Rabbi Elazar Muskin of the Young Israel of Century City and the president of the Rabbinical Council of America said that the typical approach of halakhic normative Judaism is that you follow medical science. We follow a rational approach. This is the approach that most halakhic authorities endorse and that I have always followed, okay? Clearly, I don't have to say this, but it's not recommended to forgo medical treatment for the spiritual treatment, okay? I know people who have made this mistake personally and have unfortunately paid with their life. I currently know people who suffer from diseases and do not get treatment because they do not believe such diseases exist. Their guides deter them from receiving such medical treatment, right? So if these leaders are here for us to consult, but we're being told not to consult them through the Torah, um, and all the story that comes to mind is how King Saul visited a psychic woman, um, and he wanted to resurrect the prophet Samuel. Things ended badly for him, and that's how it was started that we should not see anybody with any type of clairvoyance, right? The rabbis disagree on the permissibility of astrology as the Talmud talks explicitly about rabbis who visit astrologers, okay? But if the Torah advises against seeking out individuals with these powers, how come God has created people with these various levels of gifts? What are we expected to follow, okay? And no one is God. We have this free will. And things change every second, okay? Um... If you've had a bad intuitive experience and you have concerns, um, they say to consult your rabbi, but energy healing, which the best part of energy healing is that um, we have basic clearing procedures and different things we could do like washing our hands, using Epsom salt baths, going to the mikvah, burning or clearing with sage or palo santo to help that. Um, but when it comes to more serious circumstances like psychological disturbances, um, there are people that you could see, like parapsychologists, that can help you solve the problem. Um, this isn't, again, this is not something to take lightly if you have some kind of experience with a specific person. Get help for it. Don't ignore it. Um, I would get research first, get referrals. Um, many people have suffered tremendously because they went to fake healers. So, um, to each their own, I would just recommend taking things with a grain of salt and trusting your intuition and yourself first and foremost. When we learn to trust our intuition, a level of calm and ease takes over and that's going to invite blessings, right? So trust that everything is given to you for a reason and that you can handle it all. Uh, tests are necessary. Lessons cannot be avoided. So consult these healers, rabbis, um, psychics, but respect it, take it in, but then put it away and live your life. And you might come, come around and see that what they said was true, but don't avoid things because of what they say. Like, be open and have an open heart and you'll see amazing things that will happen.
Hi guys, welcome back. Today I have on my cousin Des. We're going to talk about something that we kind of connect on a lot. And it's kind of hard to find other people that might relate to us, but we're just going to go in and talk about our experiences with being the voice of reason to some people and like that shoulder to cry on, that person that everybody comes to. And we don't have any medical experience, obviously. And we just want to talk about like how we relate and different things that we connect on with that issue. So Des, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. So um, the main theme of this episode is having people come to us and ask for advice when we have clearly no medical background, no coaching background. Um, And then we have other people who go to like spiritual advisors and they ask their opinion. And they're as qualified as us probably, even less maybe, but people go to them and pay a lot of money to them to help them with their guidance so what are your thoughts on that i mean i think it's great people should definitely go out and talk to other people Mm -hmm. i think getting other people's perception of things is you know is needed because when you keep thinking about something Mm -hmm. and it's on your mind you're not gonna move on or like get to some sort of end point Mm-hmm. So being able to be open with someone, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a spiritual advisor, whether it's just your friend, your mm-hmm. mom, your dad, I think it's great. But to a limit, no? We can't just tell everybody everything. Well, yeah, definitely. I think people have walls up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, breaking people's walls down. Like, for instance, for me, mm-hmm. I'm very... I have a lot of walls up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to get to understand me personally... Mm-hmm. You'd have to really dig deep down mm-hmm. and get to know me. Yeah. And it's okay to have walls up. And I think over time, those people that have walls up will realize whether or not that person is trustworthy. Mm. And, you know, if they see like, oh, they let their guard down and they gave them trust and, you know, that wasn't sort of returned, mm-hmm. they'll build that wall back up I and see. they'll find people. Do you think that you trust yourself first? <laughs> I think I trust myself at times, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you give someone so many other people advice, yeah, and you make them feel so good about themselves, Mm -hmm. like you're they think, like, oh, this person must be so confident, so well, you know, put together, yeah, has everything going for them, but really, it's. Deep down, no one knows. No like, one what knows. A, yeah, no one knows what's going on in my head. Nope. And that's where, like, as, like, a professional or, like, someone in business, like, mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, shit, I have no confidence. Mm. Wow, that's being very vulnerable right now. Good yeah, job. I know. <laughs> so, like, they say the people who can help other people are, like, shitty at helping themselves. Like, all the best, for example, matchmakers. Look at, like, Patty Stanger setting people. Random, random example, sorry. Or, like, the, I don't know. There's some great health professionals that are probably not the most healthy. Like, I've been to doctors who are really not healthy, and they're, like, trying to help me get healthy. Like, where does that end even, and begin? Like, even TED Talks. Like, mm-hmm. for business people going into TED Talks... I'm sure that person that's going in to speak to that crowd of people, Mm -hmm. definitely before walking into that crowd of people, 
is either nervous, mm-hmm. has some sort of anxiety, and is going out and speaking about anxiety themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone has their own nervousness or, you know, loss of, you know, who they are, not trusting within themselves. Right. Do you think we can kill some of our, reduce our anxiety if we learn to trust ourselves more? If we learn to trust ourselves more. Um, I think, yeah. I think at a point, yes. Mm -hmm. But I think also, like, for me, it's, I'm more of the type of person where it's, when I see someone or, like, I bounce back off of people's Mm -hmm. energies or people who come near me. Like, for instance, people can walk into a room or I can meet someone with five minutes. I can know what type of person they are. Right. And, you know, that can judge whether or not I want to proceed forward or Mm -hmm. don't. And, you know, at times I'll just go for it and I'll take that risk. Even though my mind tells me I shouldn't. And that risk has led story of my life. That risk has led me to places where I didn't think because you know I judged the person by the first five minutes of meeting them. Yeah. But most of the time, mm-hmm. I'm right. But there's a certain percentage of time where I'm wrong, and you know that's something personally I would want to fix about myself. How do you think you can? <laughs> I think just not judging, or mm. I mean I don't judge. I just, you know, when you read people's vibes or energy, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's within your nature to know exactly who that type of person is Mm -hmm. and categorize them in your head as that type of person. Where I guess I have to work on is being able to stop that categorization and just leaving that idea that I had in the back of my head, but also being mindful of Giving them another chance. I see. Giving them another chance. Probably just adopting more love and compassion, right? For that person. Because God knows what their story is. Yeah. Everyone has a story. So good. We do. Everyone has a story. Like, if I told you the amount of people I've met throughout Mm -hmm. my life that have brought one story to me, Mm -hmm. and it's just different stories, it's crazy. Like... The compilation of how many stories or how many people I've spoke to and like tried to help or tried to, you know, make them better in some sort of way. So good. So good. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm like number one with all my stories, right? No, everyone has. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone has stories. I mean, they just touch my heart and. In different ways. Oh, and you know, like so I can relate cool. to them. Or like, if I become close to that person, I feel for that person or what that person's going through. That's beautiful. Yeah, It's good and it's bad. Because... You surprise yourself. But like, you know you have a lot of compassion, but sometimes I feel like you forget. I mean, I think I'm also reserved in a sense of, I don't let everyone know I'm that compassionate. Mm, does that help you relate more? <laughs> It doesn't because, you know, when you're going into things, most of the time when people meet me, mm-hmm. it's more of, oh, they're just, she's just business. She's mm-hmm. just, come on, get to the pace. Let's yeah. keep going. Or, you know, when I'm in a crowd, I'm very quiet. Mm-hmm. But when I get to know you, if I get to know you, you'll know what type of person I am. Or 
you can just look at my facial reactions in that crowd mm. of people that you're like and me. I'm not talking and you can know exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, but those are people I think that you are really strongly connected to. I don't think that's everybody. Like I can do that with you. Um, it's because we have a soul yeah. connection. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Anything else you want to say on this topic? Trusting yourself more? Give advice to the listeners how to trust yourself more from someone who doesn't do enough of it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I told you before we started the podcast, like, mm-hmm. before, like, while this pandemic was going on, I got so many calls from yeah. people mm-hmm. from just school or just people in the, my industry that I work in. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what do you think I should be doing? Or like, how do you think I should be getting somewhere? Mm. You know, trying to find jobs or just trying to reach out to more people, trying to network. And I was just in shock to know that that many people... Trust you. Trust me. Not only trust me, just like believe in me. And, you know, my mom was standing behind the door mm-hmm. just listening because she didn't, she didn't know who the hell was talking. Huh. She didn't know that like I could talk like that. And be so giving to other people. And uh, I guess she turned around and she said, it's so funny how you can be that person to everyone else. But yet you can't see what type of person you are to your, what you can be to yourself. My mom said that to me also, probably around your age too. Really? Which is crazy. <laughs> She's like, you like to find broken birds and fix them. I mean, I don't <laughs> think I find broken birds. I just think like when you get to know someone or mm-hmm. like I'm the type of person you have to be really we have to be very open with one another like yeah. I, just, I either Same. know you well or I just don't, know, don't you know you at all that's true I know your deep dark secrets or we're just acquaintances we're just yeah. like hi bye yeah I know I'm finding that with corona I feel a distance with a lot of people that like lately in the past year that I was like oh like this could have a promising future friendship this and that but it's just everybody has just distanced themselves in a way. And I just have to let it go. It's probably not meant. No, bad. I think it's not. You shouldn't think about it in that way. Because mm. I can I can relate to that in a sense that, you know, it's crazy. Because this pandemic came and it sort of separated everyone. It separated. Yeah. It sort of stopped your time, but really didn't stop your time. Mm-hmm. Your life's still going on. But a portion of your life, which you can consider your social life, Mm -hmm. is not going on because of the social distancing aspect. Mm -hmm. But from that, like all those, you know, whether you've had fights with someone or whether, you know, you just lost connection with people through this virus, Mm -hmm. it just left you in this dark corner as to, you know, where you stand with people. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of... Not scary, it's just, it's confusing, and just, we just have to be calm, more comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, like, what I've learned from last year till now is mm-hmm. that when you're put in your most uncomfortable position, that's where you're, you're going to succeed, and mm-hmm. you're going to grow and learn so much more about yourself. And I mean, I can state that, and I can say that that's true, because I've experienced that. So well done. How was your first podcast? It's good. It was good. Yeah. Where can they find your, you know, Instagram? 
Oh, at Classy Modern Living. Classy Modern Living. Check it out for all your decor, history, designs, inspo, architect, everything. (laughs) Thanks, guys.